0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Matthew five, three, one through twelve. Blessed are those who feel the weight of their spiritual need. They will have a place with God. Blessed are those whose hearts break over sin and evil. They will be forgiven. Blessed are the disciplined who live gently with empathy. They will have the respect of all. Blessed are those who are thirsty and hungry for a relationship with God. They will receive more than they expected. Blessed are those who love to shower forth mercy. Mercy will be theirs. Blessed are those whose hearts are unstained. They will see the things of the Spirit of God. Blessed are those who mend relationships with the solve of peace. They are like heaven on earth. Blessed are those who suffer while following Christ. It's worth it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be God. You may not know this, but in the Methodist tradition, when the weather is bad, we give extra credit. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we do. We give extra credit. So you all get extra credit. Now, I'm not sure what that means, having extra credit. Um, there's a story told about a minister who died and went to heaven, and he standing there at the pearly gates, and Peter said, uh, contrary to what you may believe as a minister, it takes a hundred points to get into heaven. And he said, what? A hundred points? He said, yeah, for, you get points for good deeds and that kind of thing, and so uh, I need to know, I need to have a, know what you did that you can get points for. And he said, "Well, I, as a minister, I was in church every Sunday." And Saint Peter said, "Well, that's one point." And he said, "One point? That's all? Yeah, one point." He said, "Well, I visited the sick and the widows and and uh, and the grieving." And he said, "Oh, that's one point too." Um, and he said, "One point?" He goes, "Yeah." And so he kept naming off things. He took a pie to someone, you know, cooked a dinner for somebody. Uh, he, worked, he went on a couple of mission trips. He finally got up to like 12 points. And he says to Peter, only by the grace and forgiveness of Jesus Christ can anybody ever get into heaven with this. And Peter said, that's a 100 points. <laughs> so I may give you extra credit, but what really matters is our belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And his forgiveness that is poured out in abundance upon us. So we're looking at the words of Jesus at the Beatitudes. I had Becky read a modern version that uh, is a little better translation. Some of the Greek words are in particularly in this in Matthew's um, gospel are difficult to translate. And so we're going to look at blessed are the meek this morning. Let's pray. Lord God, may the words of my mouth May the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength, our Redeemer. Lord, as we look at your words, speak to us. Speak to our lives, speak to our concerns, speak to who we are, and may we hear your word for us today. For all that I misspeak, correct it in our hearing. For all that I don't speak, O God, may you fill it with your Holy Spirit in our hearts. For we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I want to begin with a story about a family that went to eat lunch on Sunday. Lunchtime. Um, father had on a, a suit and tie. Mom was dressed pretty nice. Kids looked okay. Well, uh, they'd been only there for maybe five minutes, and the waitress who was filling the... the, the um, Salad dressing bowls at the at the the salad bar came out. She had three buckets of salad dressing, and she caught her heel on the carpet, and she went forward, and she literally dumped man all of this salad dressing on the on the dad, on his head, dripping down his face, all over his suit. Even down to his shoes. He went ballistic. He called her every name that any football coach had ever called me. Okay. Uh, he said, you are so stupid. And by now she's got a towel. She's trying to get it off his head. She's trying to get it. And she, and he says, you're making it worse. You're making it worse. Get away from me. And by this time, the whole restaurant is watching what's going on. Okay. Everybody's quiet, Listen to this guy throw a fit, absolutely throw a fit, calling her every name. And he says, I want to speak to the manager. I want to speak to the manager. So the manager comes out, and he said, Sir, we're happy to, uh, to clean your suit and to do whatever we can to make this right. And he said, Clean my suit. I want a new suit. This is a $2,500 suit, and I want, I want you to buy me a new suit. And so at that point... You know, he'd made such a scene, the manager took him back, probably gave him a check for $2,500, maybe even more. Now, here is what I want to ask about this story. Who wears a suit on Sunday to lunch? Where have they been before they went to lunch? To church. (laughs) What kind of witness did this guy make? Yeah, and he probably had just heard a sermon on the Beatitudes, <laughs> on the on the Sermon on the Mount, um, on maybe blessed are the meek, right? We are measured, oftentimes by our behavior, and so the question is: as we go out of here, as brothers and sisters in Christ, how are we seen by the world? How do they see us? When Jesus speaks of blessed are the meek, he's, uh, he's talking about more than just being weak or being a doormat. Okay? And, and what I want to do is kind of dig down into the Greek word there, this translated meek, and talk about what kind of behavior that Jesus is really talking about here. Okay? So, we all want to be like Jesus. We all want to follow Jesus. We all want to, to have the same thoughts, the same desires, the same feelings as Jesus. The question is, can we? It's a challenge. As human beings, we're constantly challenged by the call to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is pushing us in these Beatitudes to a change of heart, to truly a change of our heart. Because our actions are really driven by what's on the inside. How we respond, how we react, how we feel our desires are a part of our heart. Okay? And we're in, we're in control of our hearts. But, of course, I want to I give us a break here because life is tough. Um, we often get caught in the I need it now syndrome syndrome. Um, or of what, uh, what happens if, um, for example, if I don't accept this offer, then what? If my child doesn't get into the right school, then what? If I don't meet the right person soon, where is that going to leave me? If I don't buy or sell just at the right time, then What? Or, or maybe there's someone in your life that you're concerned about. Someone that you love, that's making bad decisions, that you're trying to help. And, and it's just difficult to make connections with them. And we get kind of caught in our life between uh, our, our concerns about our future and our concerns about those that we love. And the thought of, of really concentrating on our heart becomes kind of second place to worrying about our future, and worrying about those people that are around us. And and what I want to do today is to get you to set aside those worries, set aside those stresses, and let's take a look at, at what Jesus is trying to tell us about our heart. All right, now last week we dealt with the first two Beatitudes. First two Beatitudes, Blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are they that mourn. Now, with blessed are the poor in spirit, if we remember, we talked about the admission that we need God. The admission that we, we have within us a spiritual poverty. As human beings, there is a gap between us and God. And what Jesus says is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. In other words, as we admit our need for God, that opens the door to the things of God as we admit our need for God, as we admit our spiritual poverty. And then the second part of that is blessed are those who mourn, and we often think of mourning as loss or grief. But in this particular case, the Greek word indicates not so much grief or loss, but regret. Blessed are those that regret what's happened in their life, that regret their actions, that see that they, they have made mistakes, okay, okay. In other words, admitting our need for God and then admitting that our actions don't reflect the ways of God. And what Jesus says is that when we do that, we will be comforted. We will be forgiven. All right. so Jesus starts out by by basically saying to us, the first step toward being a, a growing disciple of Jesus Christ is to admit our need. And once we have admitted our need then we open ourselves to the presence of God or to the power of God or to the working of God within us. The only way that God can ever make a connection with us is for us to first admit our need for God and admit our regret for what we have done. And once we do that, then Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Now, in in looking at this, blessed are the meek, there's a meek A meekness myth. Okay? And and you may know all this. You may have heard this sermon before. I I don't know. But I want to just remind us all, including myself, of, of, of what Jesus is talking about here. Because Jesus is not talking about weakness. Many associate meekness with an attitude of allowing anyone to run over you because you're afraid of them. When in fact... Some of the strongest men and women who have ever lived would be considered meek. What does it mean to be meek? An understanding of the root definition of the Greek word praos is it is used to describe a soothing medicine. In other words, a medicine that makes one better, that makes one stronger. It's used to describe... By sailors to describe a gentle breeze that brings relief. It's used by farmers to describe a broken colt. A colt that is strong, that is, you know, has spirit. And yet is willing to be under the direction of its master. The good working definition of biblical meekness, therefore, is strength under control or what I like to say, wild horses under control. That when we receive the Spirit of God, when we are willing to open ourselves to, to God's power in our lives, we, uh, we gain an incredible ability to face any situation. But here is the caveat. It is not for our benefit That we use this power. Instead it is for the benefit of others. Meekness. When Jesus says blessed are the meek. He's talking about those who use their power. Who use their influence. Who use what they have to protect the weak. To protect those who are in need. To to work for the innocent. to, uh, To work for the love of God. In this world. Uh, Every once in a while I sit down and try to write a little bit in in my journal. And just to describe, just for a moment and to dream, what would the world look like? If we all spent time every day worrying and working for the benefit of others. What would our world look like? It'd look a whole lot different, wouldn't it? That's why Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Because that's that's what Jesus is speaking to here. He's speaking to a person that is willing to let God have control and therefore to work for the ways of God in this world. Now, I want to look at a few passages in, uh, in the Bible that describe people that are considered meek. Okay, just kind of as an example. In Numbers 12, it says this about Moses. Now, the man Moses was very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. Now, I do not consider Moses a weak man. Moses stood up against the most powerful man in the world in his day, Pharaoh Ramses. And not only stood up to him, but backed him down with the Spirit of God on his side. And then led the children of Israel, out of Egypt and over a course of a series of miracles led them through the Red Sea, through the desert, and into the Promised Land. This is not somebody that you would consider to be weak. Instead, it's somebody that you would consider to be an incredible leader. Now, when we look at Moses, we see Moses pretty frustrated with the people on on many occasions. I mean, he just... (laughs) He gets frustrated with them because they so easily are swayed. But Moses never swayed from the direction of God. That's why the Scripture says he was meek. He was disciplined. He was directed. Jesus says this about Himself in Matthew eleven, twenty-eight: Come to me, all that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest from your souls. Do we consider Jesus meek? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, Jesus stood up against, the by himself, against the Jewish leaders. He stood up against the Roman authorities. He suffered the most Horrible death with courage and overcame it, defeated it. Jesus was anything but weak. But what was Jesus? He was under the power and authority of God. Fully and completely. More so than anyone that has gone before. He was fully divine and fully human. In his existence. And that power of God was made known in him. And that's why he refers to himself as meek. As one under control. Paul says this about himself in Ephesians 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness. With long suffering, forbearing one another in love, Paul speaks of himself as meek on a couple of occasions. This is a man who traveled on four different occasions, uh, missionary journeys by foot around the Mediterranean Sea. I mean, the places that he went and traveled, he he, 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 he suffered incredible hardship. He was shipwrecked. I mean, the man was beaten. He was arrested unjustly. He was accused unjustly. He was finally executed by the Roman authorities. He was not a weak man. He was under the authority and the power of God. That's why he says this in Colossians. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved... Bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering. Are we ready to put ourselves under the authority of God? Are we ready? Because what Jesus says is, "Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." Now, we oftentimes think that those who inherit the earth are those who are strong, those who have authority, those who have power, those who have influence. And Jesus says, no, that's not it at all. Those who inherit the earth are those who are under the power and authority of God, those who have taken upon God's God's authority in their heart and live for God in all things. And then they shall experience all the goodness of the earth, contentment, mercy, peace. Um, and I think that's why he says, why Paul says in Philippians, not that I am referring to what being in need, for I have learned to be content in whatever I have. In other words, what Paul's saying here is that in spite of everything that's happened to him, he's content. He accepts it all Knowing that the God of all creation has blessed him, has claimed him, has made him his own. We have an inheritance in this life. So what are we going to do about it? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Are you ready to take on the discipline and the the authority of God over your life? A.W. Tozier says this, The meek man is not a human mouse afflicted with a sense of his own inferiority. Rather, he may be in his moral life as bold as a lion and strong as Samson, but he has stopped being fooled about himself. He has accepted God's estimate of his own life He knows he is as weak and helpless as God declared him to be. But paradoxically, he knows at the same time that he is in the sight of God more important than angels. In himself, nothing. In God, everything. That is his motto. A man once prayed, Dear God, so far today, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped, I haven't lost my temper, I haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm very thankful for that, but in a few minutes, oh God, I'm going to get out of bed, and I'm really going to need your help. From then on, I'm going to need a lot of help. That's where we are, friends. That's where we are, in need of of God's presence, God's power. And that's why we have come today, in spite of the weather, to receive through the music, through the reading of the Scripture, through the reminder of God's love for us, that He has a plan and a purpose for each one of us. To be in Christ is to know the mountain above all others, the fountain that fills my soul. It is know the one who holds the wind, the anchor in the storm, the fire inside my veins? Without Jesus, I am nothing. In God, I find all things. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord God, we are sometimes confused by the life that you have called us to. Um, we do want to be faithful. We do want to be yours. So teach us your way, oh God. Help us to accept your authority, to accept your direction, to accept your wisdom upon our lives. And may we therefore with that power use it to spread your love among all your people. May we be a gentle breeze. May we be um, a medicine for the sick. May we be one who brings grace and peace to all that surround us.